Hey there, it's Austin Horton. Time for the EP podcast on an acoustic Wednesday. What that means is uh, I'm a bit of a music hound. I I love music and I especially love acoustic music. And so each and every Wednesday, I ask for you to indulge me and let me have uh, uh, my druthers about playing you a piece of music acoustically. And today's guest uh, and featured artists are two good friends of the EP podcast and of the Zone Sports Network a jazz legend, and by that I mean a Utah jazz legend, and a uh, contemporary rock legend, and by that I mean Air Supply guitarist Johnny Lightfoot and Thurl Bailey. They've got a song for us that we'll play later on in the show. Uh, but I did want to just start today by thanking you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the podcast. I haven't opened up too much about you know uh, what, what's going on. Uh, professionally for me in the last uh, few months, but I did just want to peel back the curtain a little bit uh, by way of uh, setting up my gratitude for you tuning in because when you work for 10 plus years, your entire adult life uh, pretty much uh, to get to a goal in your career that you have had since you were a little kid and you get that taste of that goal and you think, all right, this is the door opening. This is my opportunity. This is my chance. And then that thing's closed. That door slams shut um, in, in some ways. Uh, you know, it's not completely over. But w- w- when that happens, it is dejecting. And it's, it can be, frankly, it can be devastating. Now, but I want to say I am absolutely thrilled and uh, just pleased and so grateful that I do have employment and I do have a job. And that it is a, a job that I still really, really love and enjoy. Uh but to have the show with uh, Tony and I taken off the air was tough. It was, it was hard news. And it was hard on the people that had to make that decision, by the way. There was no bad guys in this situation. It was uh, the, the, the bad guy was the pandemic, the, the virus. That was what caused this thing. It wasn't performance-based. We had great numbers, great ratings, wonderful listeners. We had, a, we had started to really carve out a nice spot for ourselves and a nice voice in the market. And we were getting praise from the powers that be. And then the pandemic hit and they had to make cuts. And unfortunately, that was the one that got that got cut. So uh, it hurts to no longer have Adrian and Tony with me every day. And, and I, uh, it's tough. And it, it some, ta- some days it's kind of hard to uh, go back to only being a producer. To, I'll be honest with you. I love being a producer. But I did that for 10 years. With the goal of becoming a host, I got to be a daily host, and then it was taken away from me just under two years later. Uh, but uh, th- that all sounds depressing, and it all sounds sad. But the reason I set it up that way is I want you to know when I say thank you for tuning into the EP podcast, I absolutely really do mean thank you for tuning into the EP podcast because though I don't have a daily on air show anymore, I still have this daily podcast where I get to talk, I get to try and hone my craft and be entertaining and informative at the same time. And if no one listens, it really doesn't matter if I do it or not. So thank you so much for clicking and tuning in and and, and please share, share us, share this with uh, your friends and family, see if they like it and can add it to their daily listening uh, stops. All right, we start each and every day out the very same way. We go through this day in sports history. Today being June 3rd, 2020, uh, we got to look at what some of the things that took place on June 3rd over the, the sports in, in sports history. 
June, June 3rd is the day in which Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan set NBA Finals records. And we also lost one of the most iconic sports figures of all time. Of course, you had Magic Johnson in 1984 with a finals record 21 assists in a Lakers win over the Boston Celtics in Game 3. The Celtics would win the series, though, in seven games. Michael Jordan in 1992 made six three-pointers, scored 35 first-half points as the Bulls beat the Blazers, won 22-89 in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Jordan's first-half points were a finals record. June 3rd, 2005, one of my favorite movies of all time, Cinderella Man, was released in movie theaters. The story of James J. Braddock winning the heavyweight title. It grossed $108.5 million. And we lost uh, two iconic sports figures uh, on June 3rd. 2016, Muhammad Ali died of septic shock in Scottsdale, Arizona. The greatest was the first boxer to win the heavyweight title three times. And on June 3rd in 1932, Lou Gehrig hit four home runs in a 20-13 New York Yankees win over the Philadelphia Athletics at Scheib Park. He passed away uh, on June 2nd, actually. So yesterday in, in sports history, as we mentioned. All right, there you go. That is this day in sports history. And this day, history is being made in sports. Let's get into it. Here's where we're going to start today with some NBA chatter. There's a lot of proposals and ideas uh, being put forth out there from the NBA, according to sources. Shan Sharania uh, and Adrian Wojnarowski, and, uh, of course, your big show NBA Daily Assist guys like Chris Mannix, Sam Amick, Howard Beck, Keith Smith, Steve Kyler. These guys are all dialed in deeply and have all the connections and all the, the resources to report res- responsible uh, truths and facts to us. And by all indications... It looks like we're headed for a 22-team slate out of the 30 possible teams when July 31st rolls around in Orlando, Florida. Sham Sharania, Adrian Wojnarowski, and others have reported that uh, Adam Silver is aiming for a startup date of July 31st. It will most likely be in the Wide World or Disney's Wide World of Sports complex down there at Epcot in Orlando at Disney World. Uh, there's enough accommodations for the players, their families, the coaches, the training staffs, the media that will be in attendance. Uh, we don't know what it means. At least I don't know what it means for jazz radio broadcasts. I would assume if the NBA says, yes, you can, that we'll have some, we'll be there in some way, shape or form to bring you the games on 97.5 and 1280 the zone. You can bet on that. But if, uh, anyway, that's the indication. Now, why not all 30 teams? Well, there's, you know, a bunch of teams that aren't within playoff sniffing and they, they can't make the playoffs at all. So why would you force them in a pandemic world where you're trying to stay medically clean and safe in this bubble city in Orlando? Why would you add eight teams in there that really have no business being there in the first place and don't want to be there? Why not just let them have an early off season? or continue, I should say, that early offseason, which they've already received, and that seems to be the case. Now, why not just 16 teams? Why not just cut it off at the eight Western and eight Eastern Conference teams? Well, that's because there is a handful of teams that if they, if we were able to have played out the rest of the regular season, they had a likely chance of making a climb, making a run, and getting into the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference, but a couple stragglers in the Eastern Conference as well. And so... That's why what we're hearing now from Sham Sharania and later this morning, Adrian Wojnarowski, that it will be a 16-team playoff scenario, 
22 teams in, in total will be invited to the complex, and they'll play a handful of between 5 and 10 regular season games to end. Or what they'll do is they'll just have 22 teams invited, and before the playoffs begin with the 16 teams that are in, you'll have the uh, 8 and 9 seeds partake and 10 seed partake in a play in a play-in tournament to get that final eighth seed uh, in the in the Western and Eastern Conference brackets. So that's one scenario right there. The one that I really like the idea of is and, and this builds on top of that, if that is the case, if it's 16 teams, which it always is in the NBA playoffs, but I would hope that with this year being unique and a, and a circumstance that you hope never ha- happens again, why not make the tournament something that never happens again? Why not make it just that much more unique and that much more special? Because it's always going to have an asterisk. Whoever wins the championship this season is always going to be the, oh, yeah, but coronavirus team. They're always going to have that caveat attached to them. So why not embrace that and make the entire process a unique situation? Why not get rid of conferences? There's no travel involved. You don't have to go from... Uh, you know, the the West Coast to the East Coast, you're all right there in one complex. All you got to travel is from the hotel to the gym and back. Uh, and, and so why not just seed the entire league 1 through 16 based on win-loss record and tiebreakers and go at that, go with it that way. So you, you would have uh, the, the first team, the best record in the league versus the uh, the worst record of the 16 Kind of in a uh, NCAA tournament style bracket right there. The 116, 215, 314, so on and so forth. The problem I see with that, though, is if that started today, and here's where my Jazz fandom is going to shine through a little bit. The problem here is that the Jazz are the seventh seed and the Rockets are the tenth seed. That would be your first round matchup. The Houston Rockets, once again, would be the Utah Jazz opponent in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Vomit. I am so sick and tired of seeing that team in the play in the postseason, in the playoffs for the Utah Jazz. And this time around, they won't have Boyan Bogdanovich. They didn't have him last time either, but that, that was when they added him. People thought, myself included, well, if they match up with the Rockets, they've now got some, some firepower to combat the offensive firepower of James Harden, not to match it, not to overpower it, but to combat it. And without Boyan Bogdanovich, that puts a lot of onus back on Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert and and, and the like. Mike Conley, who has not been spe- spectacular in his first year with the Jazz, though he was coming on really strong there before the pandemic took us off the court. But it just does not – it feels like James Harden is too much in an NBA postseason series for pretty much any team. But the Utah Jazz, it would be tough. And I just don't want to see it again. However, if it is the case, I think that uh, it's enough of a break, it's enough of a pause, it's enough of an unknown factor that we don't know what the, the Rockets have been up to. We don't know what the Jazz players have been up to. This whole thing kind of clears the slate uh, to some degree and allows – some form of equality to start from in the postseason that isn't there necessarily when the postseason usually rolls around. Most of these teams are going to be fully healthy, although not fully in shape, and I think that that will be interesting to see how that plays out. So there you go, some, some scenarios there. Uh, other news uh, that uh, is attached to this 
is there's been talk of uh, um, players and teams that don't want to be uh, involved, including the Hornets. Michael Jordan has been outspoken about that. The Warriors and others. Uh, the the teams that would be involved, by the way, obviously is the 16 teams, eight, one through eight in both Eastern and Western Conference uh, conferences. But the other teams are are the New Orleans Pelicans, Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, Sacramento Kings, and San Antonio Spurs in the West, and only the Washington Wizards with a realistic shot in the East to make the playoffs as the eighth seed. And that play-in tournament would be, that would be something to behold. And here's how it works. If the number nine seed is more than four games behind, the number eight seed will make the conference playoffs. If the number nine seed is less than four games back, there will be a play-in tournament, and that tournament would be a double elimination and a single elimination. For double elimination for the eighth seed, single elimination for the ninth seed if there's a tiebreaker there. So, uh, interesting stuff, and that's that goes into what I was talking about is making it unique, making it a mark on history that you can point to and say, yeah, that was the coronavirus year. Yes, there's an asterisk, but here's what they did to kind of make it a little more competitive and to make it something of interest rather than just an earmark in the book of history and then forget about it and hope we have a full slate next season. While you want that to happen, you'd also like this to be a moment in history you point to and say, we like how we handled that. That was, that was at least that we made the best of a terrible situation there. So there you go, NBA news and some uh, Utah Jazz matchup. Uh, if they don't get the Rockets, if it's just the typical uh, matchup, if they just do the, the conferences, I should say, right now the Jazz, of course, would have the quote-unquote home court advantage over the Oklahoma City Thunder in a 4-5 first-round matchup, which is ironic given that this whole thing ended the night that the Jazz were in Oklahoma City in a 4-5 Western Conference matchup that would absolutely have given concrete uh, base to who was going to get home court advantage in that first-round series should have played out that way. So, I don't know. Would you rather play the Thunder or the Rockets? You probably would rather play the Thunder, although the Jazz have been wildly inconsistent in their two games against the Thunder this season, winning one and losing one. Dennis Schroeder going for 27 points off the bench beating the Jazz in one game. Uh, they have also been wildly inconsistent against the Rockets, winning one or losing one. And the one they lost, you know the one they won, Boyan Bogdanovich buzzer beater from three in Houston. The one they lost, no one played for Houston, and Eric Gordon had 50 points, and the Jazz just could not make any shots and couldn't stop anybody and lost that game. So I don't know. I don't know what the story would be. And does this hiatus that we've been through and that we're going through, provide the Jazz a chance to refresh and start clean and to be more consistent and stronger. I don't know if that's likely, especially given Boyan Bogdanovich getting out uh, because of a season-ending surgery on his shooting wrist, but maybe Mike Conley is suddenly all the way healthy and all the way integrated and is ready to go and get the ball and, and do what he's supposed to do a little bit better and stronger. Maybe they let him, in my opinion, do what they should be letting him do more, and that is what he's done his whole career. Phil at times that they've tried to square peg round hole kind of with uh, Mike Conley at times. Not all the time, but in some ways. Maybe, you know, dial back that fire hose just a bit on the pressure and let him get a little more comfortable. What We'll see. The hiatus changes almost the entire conversation in the NBA playoffs. I can't wait for them to start. All right, we mentioned there the quote-unquote home court advantage 
part of this whole scenario because, of course, these teams that fought for their home court advantage want to hold on to that home court advantage. Uh, It's something that you you fight for, you you claw to to try and get, and yet you you don't get it in this situation because you're all sitting in there uh, in uh, in Orlando, all at the same spot, all on the same court. Your fans aren't there, nothing like that. Well, the top seeded NBA teams, according to Dave McMahon, excuse me, Dave McManaman of ESPN, says the higher seeded teams are considering methods of obtaining some sort of advantage over lower seeded teams to recoup some of the lost edge, and some of their uh, ideas to try and find uh, some kind of home court advantage e- e- edge even though you're not on a home court, are interesting and out of the box. I'm going to share uh, their ideas with you. The one, first idea is the higher-seeded team, and by, by higher they mean better-seeded team, which I, it doesn't make any sense to me. One is a lower number than 16, so higher-seeded would be 16. Ah, makes no sense. So I'm going to change it. The better-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters Following, of course, the traditional jump ball to begin the game. Yeah, that's that's kind of milk toast to me. I don't know that. I don't know that. I know every possession, especially in playoff basketball, matters. But to give them just the second, third, uh, what was it? The second, third, and fourth quarter first possessions. That is that much of an advantage? I don't think so. Next idea is way outside the box, but that's why I kind of like it. the The better seated team would be allowed to designate one player to be able to be whistled for seven fouls instead of just six before fouling out. My question here is, do they have to designate that player before the game begins, or would they get to designate them once that person gets their six foul and say, no, he gets one more, he's our player this game? I would think that you'd have to designate them before the game begins, but I would much prefer it from an entertainment standpoint to be able to just choose in that moment when they get their six foul to say, he gets seven tonight. That's why, thanks to our home court advantage uh, situation there. All right, the next idea. The better-seeded team would receive an extra coach's challenge. Now, this one's interesting because the jury is out still on a lot of in a lot of markets on whether or not they like the coach's challenge and if it's been a success. It has been an, it has been an absolute success for the Utah Jazz. Because Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff are extremely judicious and well-informed and cautious as to when and how they employ their coach's challenge. And you would expect nothing different from a Quinn Snyder coaching staff. It's always about smarts and doing the right thing uh, and calculating the risks involved uh, with every decision. But they have won way more than they have lost on coaches' challenges. And I think that would give a team like the Jazz, with a coach like Quinn Snyder, an advantage. And I think that that would be a, a, a worthy thing to hand out to a team. But if that's the only advantage you get, it's not doing enough, I don't think, to honor the, or try to honor, it, I should say, the replacement of home court, actual home court advantage. All right, two more ideas they've got. The better-seeded teams would be able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home playing experience. (sighs) As nice as all the courts are, they're all the same. They're all the same surface. It's all hardwood that you're bouncing the, the, the ball on and running on and jumping off of. Just because your logo and your team colors are on it doesn't make that big of a difference, does it? 
that's a, that's a little like uh, uh, karma or not karma, but uh, not voodoo either. But it's a little astronomical. It's a little uh, 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 zodiac for me to to think that there, you somehow get some good mojo or good juices from having your logo under your feet. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever at all. And then the final idea they've got, I think, is the best. It's an off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seating 1 through 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they'll stay at in the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex and Disney World Resort. That, I think, absolutely gives a team an advantage. If you're staying in the Ritz-Carlton-like accommodations versus your opponent who's staying in the, no offense, Tom Bodell, leave the light on all you want, but Motel 6 level of accommodations, you get an advantage there to be in that Ritz-Carlton. Nicer bed, nicer food, cleaner rooms, quieter rooms, more privacy, absolute uh, darkness when you want to take your nap. You get the, it's, it's just all around a better, higher class experience than it is at the Motel 6. Now, I've experienced the Motel 6 many times in my life, the Motel 6 level experience. I've never experienced the Ritz-Carlton experience, and that's because I know I can't afford it. The number one team should get first pick, two, three, four, five, all the way to 16. And 16, welcome to the NBA playoffs in a pandemic. You're not only playing in Orlando during a pandemic against the best team in the league, but you're also sleeping two to a room on a full bed with a continental breakfast downstairs every morning in a, in a, uh, a studio room that the only thing separating your bedroom from the bathroom is a thin piece of wood on a hinge. That, that's an advantage right there for sure. So if I, could, if I would rank these in order, that would be my first choice right there is to get the choice of hotel. Second choice would be the uh, seven fouls instead of six. Third choice, the coach's challenge fourth the uh, possessions in the third and fourth quarter and distant fifth the transportation of your own hardwood floor to Orlando I don't see how that really makes or would make that big of a difference at all all right time now for acoustic Wednesday here on the EP podcast and like I said at the start of the show my good friends Thurl Bailey and uh, Johnny Lightfoot they did a collaboration they do these collaborations from time to time uh, Thurl Bailey dedicated this song to his wife back on Mother's Day. Johnny Lightfoot, longtime guitarist for Air Supply. And Thurl Bailey, of course, Utah Jazz and NBA legend, uh, talking about or, or about to give you an acoustic version of an Ed Sheeran song, Photograph. I love Thurl's voice, and I love Johnny Lightfoot's playing. And you can catch Johnny with me every week on the Movie Zone. Here is Photograph from Johnny Lightfoot on guitar and Thurl Bailey on the vocals. Loving can hurt Loving can hurt sometimes But it's the only thing That I know It can get hard You know it can get hard sometimes But it's the only thing That makes us feel alive Where our eyes are never closing and our hearts are never broken 
and time's forever frozen still. So you can keep me inside the pocket of your rib jeans, holding me close until our eyes meet. You will never be alone. Wait for me to come home. Loving can heal. Loving can mend your soul. Thurl Bailey, nice message there for his wife and all the mothers back on, what was that, May 10th was Mother's Day, and my good friend Johnny Lightfoot on the guitar. There it is, Acoustic Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for sharing in your love of my love of music with me. I, I really do like acoustic music. It, it relaxes me, it calms me, and how I bet you were singing along with that. I was singing along for sure. So thanks to Thurl and Johnny uh, very much for participating on an Acoustic Wednesday. And that's going to do it here for the EP podcast on June 3rd, 2020. I'm Austin Horton. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said at the start of the show, I really, really, I need this thing. I do. I need to be able to talk out my feelings and share with everyone. And I appreciate you tuning in and giving me your ears. It really does not, uh, it's not lost on me that you have a lot of options out there to tune into and listen to every day. And the fact that you choose me. Uh, I hope to honor that decision every single day with my actions and performances here on the show. That is it. Uh, Looking forward to a throwaway Thursday tomorrow on the EP podcast and the Movie Zone. Make sure you catch it 7 o'clock Thursdays 
5 o'clock Saturdays, 8 a.m. Sundays. This is the EP Podcast. Talk to you tomorrow. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> I, uh, I fly all the time, so it's nice to have a gig at home where I get to go to sleep in my own bed, so I'm pretty stoked about that. I fly all the time. I should be the best at flying, and I'm not. I'm, like, kind of the worst. I don't have TSA pre-check. Yeah, I know. I should have it. I should totally have it. And I don't have it for a dumb reason. I don't have it because you don't just buy it online. If that was the only step, I would totally have it. That's why I have every dumb thing I have in my house. It's because I had too many drinks and went on Amazon. And two days later, I go to my mailbox. And I'm like, oh, I was sad two days ago. And now I have new coasters. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? I got brand new coasters. So if it was like that, I would totally have TSA pre-check, but that's not the way it goes. You gotta buy it online, then go to a building for an interview, and I don't do that. That's not what I do. I'll buy anything online, but you bring it to my door, okay? Amazon has ruined me as a human being. I'll buy anything online, but you bring it to my door. All right, I'm gonna answer it. I'm gonna be wearing a robe. It's gonna be open, all right? I'm gonna feel like a customer in this situation. But that's not the way it works. You gotta go, so I don't have it. So when I fly, I gotta be in line with everybody else. You know, people that fly once in a lifetime. You know, these people, they just show up to the airport covered in belts, just head to toe. Every belt they own, like, what? I gotta take this off? Damn it, I'm wearing all of them. Or it'll be some lady with like boots up to their thighs, like, oh, you had to go to Hot Topic before this flight? You're gonna need a spotter to take that boot off. I wanna see that happen. Those are the people I'm behind, so I'm usually having a pretty bad time. And earlier this year, I was flying out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I was flying home, and it was early. It was 5 in the morning. And there's only two people in the security line, me and one lady in front of me. I'm like, cool, this is going to be fine. And it wasn't, because this lady in front of me was traveling with the most amount of food I've ever seen anyone travel with in my entire life. She just kept pulling snacks out of her carry-on. Just jams and jars and crackers and nonsense, to the point where me and the TSA agent locked eyes, and we just went, <laughs> That's how much food she brought, that I had a nonverbal conversation with a stranger about it, where we just went, I guess. And then this lady, I'm not making this up, she pulled out a giant tub of cream cheese. A big vat of it, about that big, just plump. And that's when the TSA agent goes, ma'am, that's too much cream cheese. And I could tell she had never said that sentence in her entire life, all right? 